This Warriors Life in Fonzie Podcast 2022, episode 21. Uh, it's the Thrupple back together again for the first time in a while. Uh, Fonzie Rally, Brad, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Fonz? Yeah, really good, guys. It's really good. Enjoyed your pod last week. It was good to hear you guys sort of having a yarn old school and um, digesting all the big news from last week. And as you mentioned, I had a quick chat on Sen, so I felt like I got a few opinions out there last week, but looking forward to getting into it a bit more with you this week. Yeah, could have really done. It was, uh, we're a bit lost without Fonz's sort of summaries, weren't we, Brad? Especially with the, all the news that was breaking last week, we definitely needed his, yeah, his skill to summarise it, the whole thing. We, we, we tried our best in your absence, but anything you've got to add to what we had going on there, Fonzie? How are you thinking about this? Coach change. Yeah, I don't mind the coach. I, like, I, I think, you know, we've talked on here and, Will, you've been a big proponent of the whole um, recycle coaches don't work theory and um, Nathan Brown added another brick to the wall of your evidence there. So um, I still I still can't – like, I look back on Brown and I still just can't get my head around how bad that was. Like, just, just in the sense that – like I don't have any idea what he was trying to do. Like I, I, I sort of have, you know. There's a few things like, but I, I look back and go, man, I was spending so much energy trying to, as like assuming he wasn't hopeless and trying to work out some like line that fit the dots, you know, <laughs> that he was putting out there, and I've just ended up with a, you know, like a, a squiggle with a middle finger pointing up, basically coming out of all that. So, um. Yeah, I like uh, I like Webster. I mean, no one knows how he's going to go at head coach, and we all know the Warriors have problems and challenges that go beyond coaching, and so it's not obvious that he's going to um, come good as a coach and be able to thrive in our environment. But I think he's got a good shot at it, and I'd rather be taking a punt on someone where we have hope that he might be good than someone who's demonstrated they're probably not. Um, and I'm looking with interest about who he brings as his assistants and his coaching staff because um, I have a bit of a concern around the owner and the club dictating all of that to um, Webby. And I think if you start off on that foot, then you're not going to go very far because the problem's going to be um, he's not going to have control and he's not going to have who he wants. So. I'd like to see – I want to see how that evolves in the next little while. And, you know, I think Justin Morgan's one, for example, who you know, we might just need a change there. Yeah, um, I think Morgan's had a chance. He's definitely had a chance there. But I don't know if he's good or bad at his job, but he's been there for a while now and something needs to change in that seat straight away. William? Especially with your – in your first head coaching role, you want to have the uh, – you want to have the staff that you, you know, that you put together and not just one that's been listed upon you. Um, Cameron George sort of seemed to suggest both things um, in the press conference last week that Webster could bring in whoever he wants, but also that everyone who's currently employed at the club will still have a job. <laughs> not sure how that works. Uh, um, surely, yeah, surely the Well, the team extends beyond the field, doesn't it, if you're a coach? You've got to assemble the team off the field as well, surely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if if he if he looks at it, and like, if you take Penrith, right? They play, I would say, almost the opposite game model of what, as far as I can tell, Brownie was trying to put into the place. 
So if if Webster, we don't know if Webster's sort of likes the Penrith model or whether that's Ivan's model and Webster's just, you know, good enough to execute it. But if that's what he wants, well, that's going to be different to what's there now by some way. And so if the existing assistants aren't on board with that or don't like that, then that has to be resolved straight away in Webby's favour, right? Otherwise, what's the point? So, um, yeah, I really hope that he does get that control. And so the contracts thing, um, I hope that means that, you know, we need to sort of manage that rather than it just being a blocker. What you don't want, let's be honest, like I'll be straight out, we don't want Robbo going, yeah, no, Stacey's my mate, so you can't touch him. And, you know, Morgan's a good a good bloke down at the pub, so you can't touch him. And, you know, I'll let, I'll let you bring in the, an extra physio if you want, except I kind of like that physio over there. He's good lad at the pub too, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want, you don't want that. Yeah. yeah. I uh, actually – I don't mind Stacey being kept on. He's he's proven me wrong a little bit of what he's doing at the moment. Give him another six rounds and see how he goes. I don't mind keeping Stacey there in some sort of involvement, whether it's because of this young crop of halves that they've got there at the moment. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, like I'd, I'd probably keep them both for next year. To be honest, I don't. Would you I don't, keep Morgan as well? Yeah, like I don't. Um, like I think Morgan has to be under discussion because yeah. of the defensive issues that you know Will in particular has talked about. You know the historical poor defence. Um, he has to be in the conversation, but I personally wouldn't be in a rush to bid Morgan. You know, like if I'm mm. a three-year coach, um, unless I've got someone really good to bring in now, I'd potentially just make a call on that mid-year next year. You know, so I'm, I'm not saying we have to get rid of them. It has to be a clean-out. I just don't want – I don't want the decisions to be made in a um, a way that's not in the best interests of the yeah. club as as the head coach sees it. The, on the uh, other side of things, imagine like, how pumped Webby is for getting the head coach role and – there, get sitting in his seat in the office, giving a bit of a bounce test and l- looking at his new desk. What a, it'd be a pretty exciting little moment in your life, wouldn't it? Getting the reins of an NRL team because he's only. We were talking last week, Fonts. He's only forty. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bit older than me, I think. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, the baby of the crew. <laughs> um, matter of months, I think. But um, yeah, look, you'd be pumped. Um, and mm. we sort of said. We said, in a, I think in our hundredth, when we were talking about potential coaches, um, that it'd probably be someone. I think it was that one. It'd probably be someone who just couldn't resist the opportunity to be a head coach, even yeah. with all the issues and challenges we've got. And that's Webby, where he he wasn't first cab off the rank from the unproven assistants. He probably wasn't second. He was probably third or fourth. Um, but I think he's a good fit for our club, and I do think he'd be really excited. I think he'd be shitting himself a bit too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like <laughs> you know, I think he'd be sort of shut that office door and go, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. But he's, but, he's um, been around the been around the block a few times as far as you know. Obviously, not a first grade coach, but a, a long time assistant, lower grade coach. Uh, he is forty, but it's not really that young in terms of getting your first gig. Daniel Anderson, just looking at the stats, he was only thirty three when he took over at the Warriors. Uh, Ivan Cleary, thirty four, I think. Going on 35, and McFadden probably not much older than that as well. They obviously all went pretty well, well particularly Claire and Anderson. Um, talking about the assistants, um, Webster should also be familiar with those two guys already. Uh, Morgan arrived in 2016 for the first time, that and Webster, I think, was already here with McFadden. Yep. And, and uh, Stace has obviously been in and around as a New South Wales uh, Cup coach and 
and then the first grade squad. I'm sure he's he knows what those guys sort of bring a little bit. So it's not he's not coming to meet strangers, and um, that should make it. He'll he'll have an idea, I think, whether those guys are going to work for him or not. Surely, it gives me a bit of pleasure. We said it touched on it last week, two fonds, but. Yeah. He must be a bit more optimistic about the Warriors than the Tigers because the Tigers were chasing him as well. So at least least we were a better option than the Tigers. <laughs> and he knows that joint too, and he probably wouldn't have you know, had to potentially even like move his house or family or whatever. So He hasn't got teenage daughters, has he? <laughs> yeah. Well, Hopefully not. To, you know, to, that he'd come back to Auckland when he knows what that's like, um, and he also knows what the Tigers like and can keep his, you know, could have kept yeah. his... Exact same sort of you know family living situation. Is that confirmed though? The Tigers went hard at him. Um, I, I sort of yeah. heard that, but I couldn't. I didn't see anything. To I mean, the Tigers are in the habit um, of putting out press releases when coaches knock them back. I didn't see them do that for Webby. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It'd be nice if that's happened. The Tigers are in a in a world of pain over here. Um, and Poor supporters, mate. It's it's unbelievable. Like I still know Tigers fans, obviously, and yeah. it is just. I, I think it's probably worse than being a Warriors fan at the minute because you don't have the COVID impact to fall back on as an explanation or an excuse. Um, yeah, I mean their junior nursery is great, and. They've been like all that's been working fine through COVID as good as any other club. So they, they just don't have the same level of excuse and they're probably at a lower place than us, I'd say almost. Their junior ranks are working fabulous for other teams. Yeah. So the roosters in the storm. <laughs> yeah. Um poor pretty poor roster, really. I know they got yeah. Lee coming, but that is now in doubt. Um big that was you know our three sixties lead story that last night that Papali wants out of his deal potentially. So, is he getting cold feet? Yeah, just and you know, Maguire getting punted. He has that relationship with him from the Kiwis. And, yeah. Um, yeah. well, that was my concern with Barnett with um, yes. Brown yeah. going. It was one thing I was concerned about. I thought, oh, here we go. Brown, it would have been a big Brown call getting him over. I was waiting for Barnett to pull the pin on it or start. Barnett could have seen the writing on the wall that Brown was 50 50 at best to be the coach. Yeah on this year surely not to mention he's probably getting paid 100 200k overs to come yeah. so yeah he's he's probably like yeah i really did like brownie but i like the 100 200k more than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but i'm happy about having him because i think yeah exactly so am I. What yeah yeah um while she bonds how are you sort of feeling a week on from that news break and we were you I guess, did you have a feeling of inevitability that he probably wasn't going to come anyway? Something was going to, it's going to be some sort of fly in the ointment? I oh, mean, I never rated him at all, to be honest. I always thought he was a bit flashy and, you know, a bit of a lair. So, you know, I, I'm, I was, you know, like, whatever. If he's, if he's going, you know, he'll, he'll play somewhere else and that's all good. But, you know, we've got six or eight better players than that coming through the grades, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same, Fonz. And watching the Welsh Chanel played at fullback the other week, I um, he played better than Walsh has played in ages. So, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd happily have Metcalf as a little bit of a loss. Yeah, no. I, look, I mean, easy come, easy go, right? Is my you know when I sit back on it now and I've had a week to get used to it. Easy come, easy go. We pulled him out of Brisbane. 
Mick contract and brought him across when we were based in Queensland and COVID was, you know, all about survival and Rog was on the way out and now we've lost him. Um, so, like, I, I sort of feel like, it, yeah, I agree, it was inevitable. We never owned him, you know what I mean? We ne- I don't think we ever really had him in a way. Yeah. And nah. And, and we we'd had the team around him, so we were always going to yeah. blood him. And he was as soon as his contract was up, he was going to go anyway. So it's a year earlier than we thought he was going to go. Look, there was a world where we had a bumper year this year, and Brownie got his game model right, and it all it all went really well. And um, you know, while she uh, <laughs> while she um, made some better decisions and and kept his relationship alive and so on, like there was a world where that happens, but. A lot of things had to go right, and to be honest, it was pretty clear from a couple of months out that they weren't all going to go right. So, um, I, I don't, I don't really blame him. Um, I do think, though, um, between the cocaine thing earlier this year and now the current personal circumstances he's got, um, there might be a bit more risk around Walsh's long-term career than we thought before. Like, I'm not just saying that because he's left, but. Like, and I know he's 19 and all that, but it, I'm not sure he's quite the certainty to have, in terms of talent, he is. He's like one of the best talents I've ever seen, but I'm not sure he's quite the certainty to have a 10 year, you know, origin level career that he was before. There's a little bit going on with Walsh, is my yeah, guess. I, I don't quite rate him the, the same as Ponger at the same stage of his career or age. I just, yeah, I think there's a little bit to get. To where a lot of people think he will inevitably get. Um, how do you feel about him being in the side for the rest of the year, given he's going, and given we've also got you know Chanel, who's not going to play for us next year, Karen, two guys in the spine that are sort of on their on their way out. It kind of particularly because we're you know probably yeah. not challenged for the finals. What what would you do there? Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Like I mean, we we do need another prop, so if we want to make him earn his last couple of grand or we could put him up there. Um, but if we if we don't want to do that, then it's like, it, it's, I mean, this is a good, um, to bring in that Tim Mare Martin and um, Charles Nickel Clockstad, Charles Nickel Clockstad discussion, because if they're going to play CNK at fullback next year, which is all the talk, so that, that dude's like, he's, he's like a um, cheap version of RTS, right? Like where he's, a defensive ball running fullback, but he's not a ball player. He's not playing like a second five eighth for you. And Walsh is the opposite, complete opposite. And Brownie was obviously more heading that way with the way he was trying to shape the team. He wanted faster outside backs. He wanted a ball playing fullback. So if we're going back the other way, um, then you know what do you what do you start doing now to try and get the team, you know, playing more like that? But we just don't have like if Metcalf was here now, for example, um, mm. that'd give you an option to try and you know um, change what you're doing into next year. But like you said, we're going to lose um, Chanel. We're going to lose Walsh. There's not really anyone else there who you're going to go and stick at fullback. Like you could put Dallin in there, and Dallin's a lot more like um, CNK than uh, Walsh is. So you could do that, but then you just ruining that edge combination, which still needs some work. So I think, to be honest, you just keep playing him. Um, maybe you play um, – maybe you you do a bit of him and Chanel sort of alternating roles, you know, like in, um, 
I mean, I don't know if there is there. Do you reckon there's any world where we can convince Chanel to come back in a year? Like, is that is that an is that a relationship worth investing in? Even if we know he's definitely not playing yeah. for us next year, I think it's worth keeping it uh, nice and cordial as as possible, just in case. I mean, I'm sure if he comes back to the NRL in a year, he'll go to market and field offers. But you know, is it I was so- reading an article the other day. He's not even sure if he's going to play league again. No, yeah. he he's. <coughs> I'll be surprised if we don't see him again in the game of footy. Brad, (coughs) you're a good student. (coughs) Excuse me. You're on there, Brad. Bloody COVID just dropped a lung. Seriously, Brad Brad got up in the noisiest way possible, cracked the beer, then lunged about (laughs) half of it and then started spitting and coughing about it. Brad, you're you're a big student of the human condition, right? What what do you reckon is going on inside Chanel's head? at the moment like where, where does this you know you've seen a lot of people you've reflected on on you know the youth and so on so he's looking at it going i'm gonna give away this half a million dollar a year gig i've got i'm gonna do some riding i'm gonna do some traveling i've only got one working nut at the moment so that's a factor um oh, yeah, what's 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 in his head do you reckon where do you reckon he's at I wonder, and I'm a big student of living this way myself at the moment, I wonder if he's one of those characters where, like, I know people chase dreams a lot and always trying to aspire, but I'm a big believer in I've got enough. This is this is actually enough for me to live. I'm happy with this amount of my life to live. And I reckon he's one of those people, well, if he's happy, he's got enough to live. He can, he's, he's just, yeah, I think he's just... Uh, medium type of guy that doesn't want too much drama in his life and he's got enough I, th- I think he's just quite comfortable in his own skin to be honest and doesn't need to be chasing dreams and all he is chasing a dream there a dream of writing which is a pretty ballsy thing to do yeah i think mm. he's just super duper duper comfortable in his own skin chanel he's quite happy with the human being he is and it's going to pick his own path he's 23 brad and that was about the same age you were when you lobbed up onto the building site uh, just off Gorge Road there and into my life. Um, yeah, well, that's true. You got yeah, to an age now probably where he's, you know, a lot of people leave school and go straight to uni without even knowing what they're doing, mm. waste five years there and then don't even do what they studied in at uni for the rest of their life. Maybe he's got to the stage where he's like, I don't, I, maybe I don't want to be a football player. He's starting to work himself, learn who Chanel is and working himself out. So what sparked that sea change for you when you were 23? Bloody twenty bucks an hour, mate. I was a, <laughs> that's what, as soon as the mate in the pub said twenty bucks an hour, I was in a dish pit washing dishes for nine bucks an hour. It was a pretty easy decision, Will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of gone the other way. Well, Will, you're you're a writer. You're writing a book right now. You got any um, words for Chanel here about life as a writer? Albeit, it might not be the same type of writing, but. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I did it because I like doing it and, and obviously that's why Chanel is going to get stuck into it as well, uh, creative writing. But you always so, wanted to do it. You'd done other jobs. You were labouring for your dad while at the time trying to aspire to write as well. So maybe Chanel was doing what he could do to earn some money in the meantime. Yeah, it just happened to be, uh, you know, earning hundreds of thousands of dollars playing footy. What sort of writing do you reckon he does? Well, have you seen his blog? It's pretty good. It's like oh, it's it's very, it's very thoughtful and 
somewhat new age, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I think he's like he's definitely got some talent. Oh, actually, it's about um, is it about life, well-being, and stuff like that? Is that yeah, I... yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that. Yeah. What was the blog's name again? Just because I read the name of the blog the other day as well, and I thought, oh, shit, I better have a look at that, but I forgot it. We should try and find the name of that. Yeah, no, is he quite clever? Is is it quite well written and? Oh look, he's a bit of work to do, but it's, yeah. he's starting. He's starting at an all right place. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that gets me is, you know, like you, you, you're done by forty or thirty, right? It's mm. not like you don't have a long time to be a writer after that. And yeah. if you can be yeah. a writer, if you can be a writer with an extra few million bucks in the bank, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can go and buy yourself a nice log cabin on a nice lake somewhere, and um, you know, not have <laughs> to worry about working again and just write what you want. To me, yeah. it's it's strange. Will was real shit at writing until about three years ago. He was fucking diabolical. Excuse the French, diabolical. It yeah, didn't right. come to him late, so maybe Chanel should be playing for a couple more years to practice. Oh. I was thinking, talking about career changes, I'm actually thinking about buying a pair of boots again because I've just noticed some names being chucked up. I'm gonna, I found um, a bit of a link of a grandmother. I'm gonna have try and give a run for the Greek uh, team in the World Cup. I'm yeah, gonna chuck right. my name out there. Yeah, Greece. You uh, see a few holes in their lineup that you can fill. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. No, I, um, yeah, I thought bugger it. Everyone else is getting chucked out there, so I might as well have a run. So, watch the space is all so, I'm saying. So, is your grandmother actually Greek, Brad, or is it like she will be? She will be. Yeah, yeah. I can see another Nathan Fien uh, grandma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? What's the winger at Canella? Um, Molestalo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what no, he was went to, went to play um State of Origin last year, and then yes. this year he turns up for the Kiwis, yeah, Ronaldo Molestalo. What a fiasco that is, eh? Hasn't he played a test for Samoa or Tonga as well? Um, I don't know, it was a bit of a well, I felt a little bit sorry for him. He thought he was eligible and then pulled out after he'd been selected. You'd think that they'd do there. <laughs> but yeah, no, he has played for Samoa as well in 2019. Yeah, just for joke. the just for the listeners, when Brad asks these like questions, like hasn't he done X or what's the name of the blog? He then looks at Will and I as if one of us should immediately start googling and find <laughs> the answer. Will Will does Google though. He's the erratic. And we look at each other and we're just like, I'm not gonna. Why don't you know? Why don't you just know? So Brad. So changing topic quickly, Tem yeah. Temare Martin. Um, we've not heard anything. So I was getting mail last week from the places where I usually get really good mail to say this was a done deal, and then it's just gone quiet for a week. Mm. So I don't know what's happened about that. Um, he is off contract at the Bronx, hasn't re-signed. I think he's not going to now because there's just too many fullbacks and. Um, spine players there that they just don't need him. The Dolphins have got to be an option. Um, the Dolphins are still short spine players, so there's going to be some movement there. Uh, you got to think the Tigers halves are a bit like I think is Hastings off contract or is he next year? Um, but there's a bit. He must have another year, does he? Yeah. But there's there's a bit of noise coming out of that club, so I think there's going to be some moves made. But to me, that's a no-brainer to bring him back. He's a a one yeah. or a six, and I'm not confident in either our one or our six next year. And like they're both going to be, it's either Chance at one, who I don't just don't think he's the right player for that these days. I think he needs to play centre. Yeah, same. Or, or winger. I could have him at wing. Yeah, um, yeah. And the six, well, 
it could be Metcalf, it could be one of Johnson and Volkman, depending how they pair them up. But uh, gee, it'd be nice to have a guy like Demaru Martin there who can play six. So mm. yeah, I, I I really hope we get him and get him at a fair price because he wants to move back to the Waikato because he's you know he talked about how in the time off there's all these videos of him um, shooting pigs and you know stuffing around in the bush up there so it, it's just a natural win-win like it's the exact scenario where we should be getting good players coming back to play for us because they can be home so I really hope that happens otherwise I don't see us pulling off any big recruits for next year and I I, don't, I mean probably aside from talking about him segues into like how strong is this roster next year really uh, there's no superstar. We don't have one superstar in amongst us anymore. But like, you can't call Johnson with Walsh going. Not in the spine. It's one thing. It's one thing. Oh, I spoke. Yeah, you got Fanoa Blake. I, I actually don't mind. Was there a guy? What's is it? Tommy Harris or whatever on Twitter put chucked up a bit of a list the other day. There's, it's actually the Ford packs looking pretty, pretty strong. I don't know what. There's probably not much depth in behind that starting pack, but. Well, just this idea that we have to have marquee players. I mean, that hasn't been the case for the Warriors in the past. In fact, it's almost worked against us. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at that. Always look back to that 2010 lineup. It's a bit of a money ball lineup that came fifth and, and had a really good season. We had, you know, we put um, Ho'Hire back at the back because McKinnon wasn't working out and uh, Maloney was a nobody who, you know, Turned up in the halves, performed a really good combination with Brett Seymour and had guys like Jeremiah played every game at hooker just about. Um, and, yeah, they just it's all about chemistry and cohesion. And I, I like the signings we've made. I think, you know, plenty of experience with enough football left in their career. They're not washed up sort of name players. As it stands at the moment, who's the fallback then? If we're going to talk, <clears throat> is it Metcalf at the moment? I, th- I think it's chance if... To Marty Martin doesn't come back. Do you? Yeah. yeah. See, see, that's the thing. Like the the four packs, okay. It's a prop short. We might be able to find a prop yeah. somewhere. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of quality in there. I mean, you got Toho, you got Fanua Blake, you got Curran, Yakore, Barnett, Jazz. Um, yeah. We've got Lusick there now, um, sort of supporting Egan with Otokola. So the four packs basically okay. It's just a prop short, I think. Um, yeah. Mainly because Penner hasn't kicked on. You know, so and and he might have another off season to kick on too. So, I think the packs all right. Um, the centers are what they are, but it's it's the spine. Who are your centers next year, Fonz? Well, man, is like, it Dylan Walker and Vilea? I'd probably play Vilea and Chance, but you know, yeah, that's depends. what I'd like to see happen. But if you're doing that, then you probably got Metcalf at fullback, Johnson at seven. Mm-hmm. Bachman at six, or we could swap those around in terms of the number on their back. And having um, two players like that in your spine, like two straight-out rookies, Bachman and Metcalf, makes me uneasy. And there's no guarantee Johnson's going to be there next year at all or for the whole year in terms of injury and stuff. So if Johnson goes down, then what are you doing? So I'm, I'd sort of look at that and go, I'm not sure about that. Um, and then you go, well, okay, so then do I put Chance at fullback because at least I've got a safe, reliable, experienced option there, and then that takes some pressure off the halves in some way. So, like, I just don't know, and I think um, – I don't actually think it's a top eight roster next year because I don't think – as it stands right now, because I don't think the spine is 
good and experienced enough is my overall take. But it's, you know, I thought you look at it on paper, um, it's always a bit deceptive. Nobody thought the Cowboys had a top eight roster this year and they're running second. Like, it's all about mm. getting the right coach, getting the right chemistry in the group and forming combinations and it, you know, it just clicks when it clicks. So, geez, that Tamari Martin signing would, would fix a few problems, wouldn't it? Or just give you... Oh, just gives you a lot of... Uh, Three or four different options all of a sudden. Straight away, if Metcalf turns out to be not what we think, well, that's fine. You know, he can take Metcalf's spot. Metcalf can spend another year in resis or whatever. Um, if Johnson goes down, yeah. instead of leaving Volkman in the halves with some other rookie you've brought up, you can put him in there and you've got an experienced half, steady head. You know, like, yeah, seriously, it's it'd be a, a awesome money ball signing if we got him. Yeah. I just, I just love the fact he's fresh from living in New Zealand. He's just gone back over there for a year, so it'll still be fresh in his mind. Of Home will be fresh in his mind, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. but so will, so will the Gold Coast, mate. Uh, it's still looking like the outside backs <laughs> is where we're the most in the centre wing position. Yeah. Lack of quality depth and lack, lack of top-line talent. Definitely. Yeah. But there's there's a couple of positives. So obviously Dylan Walker gives you some insurance around that, and also we'll finally have a reserve grade, right? So these boys like Barry and Vailea, firstly they'll have another preseason under their belt, which should help, and then they'll actually be playing week in week out, whether whether or not they pick first grade, and and training with the team instead of off training with some bloody Queensland, um, you know, mm, yeah. Reggie team. So you'd expect their development to move on and move on quick into next year. So you sort of hope that that gap might close up a little, even if even if we don't make any more signings. Got to be good if Webster could unlock Barry, wouldn't it? Might be all it takes as a coach just to get on with him and he's got the, the frame. It was just and, some weird stuff that happened this year, honestly. Like this yeah. year was so weird. He, it was uh, so- Brown seemed to take players backwards a little bit. Some, yeah. I mean, you look at some things though. Remember, he put Chance, uh, sorry, he put Chanel at fullback. Yeah. I was on here saying, Well, this guy's an idiot. What's he doing that for? Actually, you know what? It wasn't actually that bad. Uh, no, call. no, no. Like, he's yeah, he's killed it. We said you and Aiken, like, I, I would have played mm. him at centers this year, but when he first was moved to the centers, we thought that's a bit, you know, what's that about? Actually, it turned out to be quite an inspired idea to put yeah. in there. Um, given he's not really a passer. So there's some things that Brown did that weren't wrong. In fact, they were, um, you know, insightful. But, yeah, yeah. you know, then you look at the outside backs and the fact they didn't really improve at all, selecting Cossey, um, I'm sure we'll come to that, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and the inevitable explosion that happened there. And, yeah, anyway, it's I, I look at next year and I think it's going to be another year another rebuild year in a way, but, um, you know, it all hangs on what we can get in the spine and how good these young guys kick on. Mm. Uh, we might as well get into it, Fonz. The lineup this week, we've got a few out. Dallin's got COVID. Uh, Ronald Volkman's got a virus and Serenin's out injured. So a few changes there, um, most notable of, of which uh, Walsh is back as well. So he comes to fullback and Chanel back in the halves. The most notable change, Ed Cossey coming back onto the wing for the first time since that 
uh, Anzac Day debacle. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. I wasn't sure. I, if, I think this is a case of lack of cattle, isn't it? it like, Stacey can only piss the dick he's got, and he's had, he's had to pick him. Sure, I'm hoping that's the case, because far out. Ed Posse. Um, He's been going all right in reserve grade. He's scored five tries in his past two games. I went and checked out the highlights. Uh, some pretty barnstorming efforts, actually. A couple where he just sort of strolled in, but a couple where he steamrolled guys. Um, one very notable uh, cock-up. He just got in everyone's way and paved, paved a path uh, for the opposition to score. Quite uh, calamitous and... and Reminiscent of Anzac Day again, so he's still got that in his game. Um, but yeah, you know, if he can, that, that was probably one of my problems with him. He was so error prone, but not particularly blockbusting. Like he's, he wasn't mm. a debate where he had those weaknesses that were always going to pop up again, but he score, you know, eight tries in every 10 games kind of thing. Vadovay was rocks and diamonds, and Kossi's rocks and, and mm. less, and, you know, rocks and. Should Got Monte. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so just on Cossie, though, so uh, one of the posters on the NZ Warriors forum, uh, good dude, I never know what how to say it. I think it's CCs or CCs, CCES, right? So he's um, pointed out that both of those shockers Cossie has had against St. George and the Storm, he played left wing, but he actually prefers to play on the right wing. And if you look at his win-loss record, left and right is very different. And... I think um, a big predictor of how he's going to go this weekend depends on whether he, he's been numbered on the left, the, the bad side. But if he runs out on the right, I think that yeah. might have something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be, be marking up on Mike Acevo, if that's oh. the case. It sounds like an absolute <laughs> I, I actually don't mind that. I actually don't mind that because I don't think from a physicality point of view, um, you know, he's he's – like Sivo, every winger struggles with Sivo, but Cossie's strength is his physicality. Um, Sivo isn't bringing all that much finesse to the way he plays on that wing. No, you just don't want people rolling and kicks behind Cossie. That sort no. Of, um, that someone pointed out, well, did, did point out that he, you know, going well in reserve grade, uh, scoring a few tries. Someone else who was going well for the Dolphins on the wing in reserve grade is Setu too, who. Never, never got the opportunity with the uh, with the Warriors in first grade. Scored a hat trick uh, two weeks ago and a, another try uh, um, on the weekend. We were big fans of that kid, weren't we? Yeah, great tries actually in the hat tricks and uh, actually beauty of a chip and chase. Brian Toto vibe about him. Yeah, a bit smaller, hundred, but he has racked up uh, 170 plus meters in his last two games. So you do, you know, you wonder how those sort of guys slip through the net and don't even get a crack when someone like Cossie now line out for his tenth NRL game, half of which have been pretty diabolical. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see how it goes this weekend. Big game on Friday night. Fonz, you might be heading along, mate. Yeah, I, I think I am heading along. Um, it's not too far from me up here in Para, and uh, it's a bit late for me to take the kids, so I might just see if I can Good slip excuse. out with a, with nice. a mate yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. have a couple of beers and, uh, yeah, yeah, watch a game. I've, I've never been to that Para stadium, unbelievably. And have so, you No. Nah, and so I'm, I'm keen to see that stadium as well, and it uh, should be pretty good seats, I think. So yeah. There's something about the matchup that I quite like. You know, obviously Parramatta... Um, you know, can beat anyone on their day and have. But 
we've gone kind of well against them in recent years out at Combank there. We had that, uh, that really controversial one where uh, Rogers Ford pass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have won the game um, on top of a bunch of bad calls. And then the year after, Jazz farcically sinned after a dust-up with Nathan Brown, another tight one during Todd Payton's uh, purple patch there. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. I, I feel like there could be a bit of an upset in the offing. What do you reckon? Parramatta are spitting and farting along, aren't they, at the moment? Uh, you cannot trust them at all. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's a problem. Their back line, though, when you measure up the back lines, they've got it all yeah. over us, don't they? Like, yeah. the packs, I think we've got a bit there, but, yeah, I, you need a, us to have a really good day and them to have not so good a day, and it's their home grounds. I'm, I'm not confident at yeah, all. Yeah, they do have a good um, record there, actually, something like 29 and 6, maybe, since they moved yeah. in. Yeah, it's a bit of a fortress for them. But Will yeah, you be wearing like, the jersey fonts? Like, or is it a... Uh, Maybe I'll just wear my civvies in here so I don't sort of tell too many people. I'll put my Warriors key ring on. Warriors <laughs> key ring. No, not at all, man. I, I wear my Warriors stuff around Sydney all the time. There's never like it's not. Yeah, Sydney's cool. pretty chill with that stuff. There's not a like. There's not a lot of hostility, especially to the Warriors. Like if yeah. you if you go and sit in the middle of the Paris like supporters bay wearing your bulldog stuff. You'll cop a fair amount of shit, you know. Is that but, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Warriors, no, not so much. It's not quite the rivalry. Um, and yeah, there's a feel. There's still a feel good about the Warriors in Australia. Don't yeah. that hasn't gone. There's still a, definitely a feel good. Yeah. Um, cool. There might be a bit of um, why is this bloke yelling out in an Aussie accent wearing Warriors kit and um, <laughs> sledge, sledging sledging Gutherson? There might be a bit of that. Um, <laughs> But, you know, they'll shut up when I tell them to. So. <laughs> now, uh, Fonz, if you've got time um, before you go, uh, I've, I've put together a little over-under questionnaire for you guys. So I'm going to just throw some numbers at you and you're going to tell me if it's over-under and I'll we'll bookmark it and see uh, if you guys are right or not. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Well, we'll start off with uh, my man, Ned Cossie. Um Lining up for his 10th game uh, for the Warriors. Ed Cossey over or under 20 games at the Warriors before he leaves and plays for another club or more likely Super League. Over. Over 20 games as a Warriors first grader. Yep. Oh, disappointing. Mm. Uh, right, well, I'll go under and I reckon he'll end up at the Melbourne Rebels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Melbourne Rebels Super Rugby <laughs> under 20 games, 18 games. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Um, just on Ed Cossey this week. So he's going to be a bit of a man to watch this week. Yeah. Over under one handling error, over under 160 running metres. Uh, over one error, under 160 metres. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go exactly the same. I'm going to go under over. Um, under one error. Are you going to get more than 160? Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going Ed Cossey breakout game. Oh, okay. Uh, similar vein here, Rocco Berry, 30 games in the NRL over or under, or does he Matt Duffy it back to Rugby Union? Where's he at now? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, he has played about 15 games, I think. It's another 15, yeah. Um, Like, I, if he doesn't make 30, I've never been more wrong about a player. So I've got to say over. Um, But that's I'm not confident about that at all. That's just based on... You know, like I, I can't sort of accept that I might be that have been that wrong. So I'm going to say over. 
Yeah, I'm going to say over as well for the exact same reason. I had so much faith in this kid. Surely I'm not that wrong. You, you're writing him off, Will? Where are you? Where I'm not writing him off. I just thought, I think this year has been potentially so confident sapping, like he has gone really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just think if a rugby union opportunity does pop up, he's probably going to take it. That's just my gut feeling. If he uh, was off contract now, you wouldn't re-sign him. No. Um, no it's, I'm only going over because he's on contract, so they'll keep yeah. playing him, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sean Johnson, 200 games for the Warriors over or under. He is on 176 now. So if he plays all eight games for the for the rest of this year, assuming that's all we've got, he'll be about 16 games away from the 200-game barrier, making him only one of a handful to do that for the Warriors, actually. Under. Under two. Yeah, I'm going to go under. Unfortunately, I'd like to see him get too handy, but I just don't see his legs carrying him that far at the moment. Yeah, okay. I thought his body's, besides uh, that first up injury, his body has been not too bad. I'm I'm not convinced he's going to play next year, mate, so I I just... Yeah. I just think it's it's warriors or hang up the boots though. Surely, I mean, he's he's got to be coming back with it to his family and living in Auckland. Yeah, yeah, he'll have a role at the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if he retires, he'll have a role at the club. Like he'll he'll get his money for next year. I reckon right? his his luck and the way he goes on, he'll play 199. <laughs> if we just, if we just, you know, and all the worries, yeah, screw him. They, yeah, all the naysayers won't even want to get him to two hundred. The poor bugger will get to one nine nine, and it proves him right. And da da da. Yeah, I'm going to say one nine nine. Putting five bucks on one nine nine. I'm going to say he's going to make it. I think he sees out his contract, and he uh, could. He enough. totally could. Yeah. Um, Andrew Webster, three seasons as Warriors coach, over or under. Or exactly three seasons. So that's it. This is based on my assessment of Robbo, not my assessment of Webby. Right. So I'm going to say under. I'm going to say he'll do the three. I reckon he'll do the three. Maybe two and a half, Robbo. Under then. I'll have to go (laughs) under if I'm thinking that way. It's quite unusual to see out your full deal and then call it quits. It's either, you know, you get sacked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to say over. I think that I've made a. Pretty astute high here, and um, with a lack of, you know, genius. yeah, like, like Fonzie said, it's nothing to do with Webster's talent. Yeah. It's more what he's actually dealing with at the club. I think it's going to work out. Uh, Justin, I hope you're right. Justin Morgan, three months left as a Warriors assistant, over or under? Under. You reckon he'll get punted straight away? I, th- a, I, I think he'll. I think Webster will bring his team in, hopefully. As an assistant to the first grade team, yes, he might be still involved at the club. Yeah, I, I'm with Brad. Okay, you reckon they'll uh, retrench him? Like, yeah, was, or, re, or, it, repurp- or okay. repurp- repurpose him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what I reckon they'll you? get him painting the changing rooms and doing up the hallways, bit of skirting up in the staff room. <laughs> Uh, the Warriors 2022 top try scorer, 10 tries over or under. Our current top try scorer, Dallin, is on seven. Uh, we haven't had someone get past double figures since uh, Big Ken's Dallian winger of the year season in 2019. It's been a bugbear of mine that we don't have. Is that right? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, 10 over under or exactly 10. Over. You reckon Dallin's got another four on him, given he's not playing this week? Seven games. I think he has. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say... I'm going to say over as well, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, I think, think I get... Sorry, carry on. No, no, go, go, go. What do you reckon? I just think exactly 10. I think we down will find three more tries this year and just, just click into the double figures and keep me happy. But I think he's about the only one capable of, of getting getting there by the by the looks of it. No one's going to come flying uh, <laughs> with wet sail. The next top try scorer in the team is... Vilea, who's currently out, and old mate Pompey, both on five tries. Don't think they've got another five in the match. Um, now, next one is, speaking of Adam Pompey, 2023 appearances in first grade. 12, over or under? Oh, under. Yeah, I'm nothing against Pompey as a person, but under. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to see him play more than 12 next year with who else we've got coming. Yeah, interesting that we didn't mention him once when we were having that outside-back discussion before, yeah. even though he's played 15 of 16 games so far this season. Yeah, he just doesn't have footy IQ, is my take. Like, I, I just... I, there's something wrong there, and I can never quite put my finger on it. But Or visible energy, or love for the game, or anything. I think you said two, two years ago, Brad, in our first crossover pod, that he looks like he's running in gumboots. Um, yeah, and and it looks like he's yeah he's just I, I don't know what it is but he's not he doesn't strike me as a natural footy player and the athleticism side of it is just not enough to overcome that for me that's that's where I'm at. Is he is he second rowable? No, I don't no. think got the Cut that straight away. Just thinking the, of options for him. Yeah, the work rate or the grit. He's not certainly not at Aiken type to make that change. Yeah. He's played his best footy on the wing in first grade, and it surprised me that they haven't given Montoya a crack even in the centres. He's played a bit of centre in first grade. and At least when he's on the wing, it eliminates the option of a flick pass. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And again, he's there this week. We haven't got a reprieve that we thought we were going to get for the homecoming game. Um uh, next up, Josh Curran. Uh, I don't know if you've caught up on this um, story. You have, Poms. Um, Brad, um, oh. Josh Curran's left his Nissan Tita in at Mount Smart Stadium at, in March 2020 when they left. In the uh, car park. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. It's uh, got mould on the wheels. There's cobwebs all over it. It, it didn't get like a George chance. George Costanza it. leaving it at the yeah. Yankees yeah. car park. Yeah. Um, and they went they they went to move it a few times, but when they looked inside, they could see a warrior's ID on it, like a, a an official ID card that he just left in <laughs> the front think it was seat one of the just staff. with clothes and all this other stuff just on the front seat. So they're like, oh, well, we can't tow this. It's someone's. Now, <laughs> and it was his. Yeah, <laughs> it's right in the middle of the car park. Too. <laughs> and a missing Peter. My God, you'd think it was the office lady, though, wouldn't you? 2005 model, Brad. So that, oh. <laughs> that gives you an indication of the sort of contract he was on when he first moved to Auckland. He's been upgraded since, and you can imagine the first thing, whether the Tita's running or not, is, is um, he's going to be getting a, a much flasher car when he gets back to Auckland. So over or under two and a half grand. Uh, for Josh Curran's Nissan Tita, is he selling it for scraps or is he getting a, a, is he getting the red book value for it? Mate, yeah. 
He should he should auction it live. He on should our raffle show. it. Yeah, auction it live on our show. Come on, Josh. Yeah, we'll auction it live. Starting bid from Fonzie five hundred bucks. Come on, mate. There you go. There's the challenge. I'll buy you. I'll buy your car five hundred bucks. Come on our show. We'll auction it off at the end. I'm gonna go straight Do back it. at six hundred. Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. six hundred for Josh Curran's car. On Auto Trader of 2005, uh, Nissan Tita goes for around three and a half to four grand. Okay, we, we might, might have, have to DM him. Let's yeah. DM him and see if he'll he'll yeah, live but, auction it on there. We'll auction it for him on our show. Yeah, <laughs> but the one on Auto Trader doesn't have mold on the wheels, spider webs all through it, and hasn't run in two and a half years. Yeah, but, I don't want it driven here. I want it. I want it on a flat truck, flatbed truck as it sits. I'll put it in a glass cabinet in one of the rooms in my house. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much it'd cost to ship over to Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> they're small enough just take it and carry on on the plane <laughs> yeah um last of my overall and under uh question here guys uh, so obviously we've talked about it on the show i'm going to see fonzie in the flesh in a few weeks time for the first time yeah um my biggest concern is that he's going to uh are going to be freaked out by his abnormal height or something like that so yeah Bro, this is a question for Brad and Fonzie. You can. Uh, Are we picking his height? Yeah, you you can confirm this, um, Fonzie. Um, is Fonzie over or under five foot ten? <sighs> I reckon he's bang on five foot ten. Personally, is that under? Is it five foot ten and under? Well, we'll say exactly then. But Fonz, uh, I'm going to go five ten. We've already had this chat, you clowns, on on one of the pods <laughs> ages ago. So, so I, th- I think I'm exactly Brad's height. I'm 180 centimeters. So, oh, it's, so it's about nah. a six. About no, a seven, no, I'm, nah. I'm not six. I've never nah, been six. Be five always, nine, uh, five eleven. Yeah, five ten eleven. Yeah, five, but five ten and a half. Nah, I'm I'm mate, I'm taller than that, mate. <laughs> oh, bloody, I'm 183. Oh yeah, okay. One, yeah, yeah. I'm bang on six. Bang on six. Absolute specimen. Yeah. Bang on no. six. 62 kg. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 180 with a playing weight of about 90 kilos and a current weight of about 98. So Oh, like, is that right? Fonz yep. needs to get out feet in the feet. Yeah, and, and that 98 is – I haven't done a weight in about six years, I reckon. So, um, like, I haven't lifted any weights in about six years. So, yeah. Um, certainly not Honestly, a specimen. 83, 83 kg. Maybe it was you, Will. Were you 180? Uh, no, I'm about an even six foot. So I'm okay, so there you go. So I'm the yeah, short ass well. of the podcast. The, the, yeah, but you're the youngest. You've probably still got a bit of ground to do there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're shrinking too, so we'll come back to you soon. Yeah, yeah. It's all evening out. By the time I get there, we'll be about the same, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I know I'm going over time, but I had a few questions for you guys. Some worries, true or yeah. false. Do you reckon yeah. we can squeeze it in? Yeah. You're the one that's time restrained. Yeah, all right, let's do it. So um, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, whether you can, whether the Warriors' communications with their fans are really clear and reliable. So I just thought we'd, we'd do a quick whip around on this pod. So first question, true or false? Reese Walsh had COVID during the homecoming week. True. Uh uh, it's, yeah, true. But yeah, okay. I yeah. think you would have missed out on playing. <laughs> all right, no, no, that's all right. We'll keep moving. Just one word answers. I don't want to get anyone in. True or false? Yeah. Um, everyone at the Warriors Club is 
wishes Matt Lodge all the best in his future endeavours. Uh, big, big bold. That, <laughs> that's that's false. Yeah. That is very, very false. Flashing neon lights around it. <laughs> True or false? We had to pay out Matt Lodge for his player option for 2023 because he was a realistic chance of coming to New Zealand. An even bigger false than the last question. Far <laughs> <laughs> out. False. <laughs> True or false? Matt Lodge and the owner had a polite disagreement at a pub and that was the reason why Lodge didn't want to stay at the club. Yeah, you got to go false with that one, so surely. Right, let's, well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move on to other areas. True or false? Nathan Brown would have stayed on as coach for the rest of the year and into next year if he was willing to commit to move to New Zealand. Uh, false. Yeah, false. Never choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see what else have I got. Um, <laughs> true or false? Reese Walsh was going to come to New Zealand next year if he hadn't separated from his missus. I'll go true. I'll go true on that. I'll go true. Yeah, I think that it was on the cards until, yeah. All right. I think I'll stop there. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few more, but I'll, I'll probably leave it at that. Stopping just short of... Um, so after that, after that little, have we been fed oh. some? Have we been fed some lies this year? I'm just like I haven't put two and two together until Fonz has just brought up this true or false. You sound like all over Fonz. I what? While I remember, um, yeah. there's two things we need to talk about um, in the back end of this year, and we might need some guests on to talk about these things. So what? Like when I look at Webby, I didn't say this before when we were talking about Webby, but um, he needs obviously to be a three-year coach, like you were saying, Will, and um, succeed. He needs a good development pathway under him, bringing kids through that are going to, in two and three years' time, be first graders. And at the moment, it's still not clear exactly what the club's going to do next year. Um, but also, I, I'm, I'm not sure what the right model is for the Warriors. And we've had Gus come in and look at this, and we've had, um, you know, obviously – there's been a lot of commentary about this, like Tony Kemp's on sends every day saying this is a key, but I still haven't heard anyone actually go, this is what a development pathway for the Warriors in New Zealand and the Aussie comps looks like, actually like right down yeah. the blue, blueprint, yeah. including the club. So it's something to put in the back of your minds and uh, I've got a guest in mind who might be able to help us with that um, coming up. The other one is, does anyone know what's going on with Craig Hodges? So Brownie's mate, who's the yeah. GM of football, who has just not made one interview through the whole Brownie-Walsh coach appointment process. Have you heard anything from him at all? No, he's totally silent. You'd think that he well, surely he was involved in the... You'd think the GM of football is involved in key player and coach appointments, yeah? Well, he's so, more involved than the owner is, that's for sure. And, the, and arguably the CEO. So... We yeah. haven't heard anything about him. So where's he at? Is he staying? Is he coming to New Zealand? If he's not, who's going to be GM of football? It's that To me, that's a really weird blind spot in the whole, you know, like yeah. analysis of the Warriors at the moment, including from the media. So if anyone in the media wants to go and suss that out, it would be helpful. 
Because he hasn't really, he's obviously not a, you know, a get in front of the media guy. I think he did the one, um, the one interview with Michael Burgess. That's all I've, I can recall seeing, like during the season. So, yeah. yeah. And, and there's the whole Nathan Brown being his best mate thing is is the obvious um, thing to think about there as well. That maybe. And, and- Where's that? Where's that going? Like, and and that's yeah. such a key role. So mm. you talk about development pathways and setting Webby up. Well, um, Webby like a shag on the rock in New Zealand with a crap development pathway under him, and no GM a footballer or a weak GM a footballer. He's he's not going to succeed. So mm. we need to know what's the pathway coming under him and what's the GM of football supporting him. Um, I think they're key things that just have got no airplay in the last little while. So definitely something on this probably want to concentrate on. And if our mates at Sens or anyone else in the media wants to ask some questions around things that are important, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, that's a fair shout. Yeah. Gee, you're insightful. <laughs> Gee, you just you think of things that I just wouldn't even think of thinking. I'm thinking of Cossie dropping a ball. You're thinking of who the GM is, but that's it. Yeah, you're dead right. You're spot on. Yeah, let's do some investigating. Google, you do some googling. You do. <coughs> Let me know how you get on. <laughs> all right, all good boys. Well, I better jump off and go and do some work. Um, but uh, it's been good to have three-way chat, eh? And uh, hopefully, I'll be coming back next week to tell you what it was like out there on Friday night. I'll yeah, of a win. Good It's good to see you, Mark, mate. Yeah, enjoy that, Fonz. And just a just a bit of a warning, Brad. It's the ten o'clock game in New Zealand on Friday night. You're gonna have to stay up late, mate. Yeah, pretty oh. pretty late because I might ring you at the end as well. <laughs> From the <laughs> just screaming and yelling. Can you ring the missus and tell her to come pick me up? She's not answering my number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ah, boys. Wait, you look after yourself, Fonz. Cheers, legends. Catch up. Taroot.